after one day I didn't have anything to read, I went back to the Bible and I went to the second Peter and it said, God is going to judge the markers. I happened to be one of them. But eventually he brought me on my knees and I accepted the Lord in my life. And I committed my life. And from then on, the Lord started to work in my life to teach me and train me and prepare me. to Charisma Connection. I'm your host, Adelie, and today I am joined by phone with author and businessman, Fred Soleil. Did I say that correctly? Correctly, very correctly. Yay! I'm proud of myself. (laughs) (laughs) So, Fred, introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit how you started out working in the petroleum industry, but now you're an author of the book, Breaking the Silence. Well, uh, I'm married pretty young. And I started to work very hard. In the meantime, I continued my studies and eventually got employed by the National Iranian Oil Company. And eventually, I got promoted. I was working very hard. And after several years, because of my connection with Americans and my connection with the Iranians, uh, they found it suitable for me to transfer me to London. So. In uh, 1975, I was transferred to London, England on behalf of the National Iranian Oil Company to work with the British Petroleum as well Standard Oil of Indiana. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's the beginning of uh, my being in the oil industry. That At that time, it was a good 20 years that I was working with, with, with the industry. So I spent uh, a good three and a half, four years representing the Iranian government in England and being constantly in touch with uh, British Petroleum as well as Standard Oil of Indiana. But that's as far as the London experience is concerned. How did faith play a role in your life? Well, actually what happened, uh, I think it's in the article, what happened, I was very secular-minded. And I didn't care for religion at all, though my mother was a Christian and my father was converted to Christianity in India, yet just the same, I, were, I was very skeptical about religion. But it so happened that my two daughters, 9 and 11, attended a Sunday school uh, uh, retreat, and both of them accepted the Lord, which, of course, it infuriated me. I thought these kids have been brainwashed. <laughs> but eventually, I saw their behavior, such nice change, and... Uh, after a while, it so happened that a missionary had come from Florida to visit another church, met my wife. She led my wife to the Lord. And that made the situation even worse to the extent that I told my wife I was going to divorce her. Oh, no. But eventually, the Lord has his ways. Mm-hmm. I and agree. in 1974, he brought me on my knees because as a child, I had gone to Sunday school. I remembered some verses. But one day I didn't have anything to read. I went back to the Bible and I went to the second Peter and it said, God is going to judge the markers. I happened to be one of them. But eventually he brought me on my knees and I accepted the Lord in my life. And I committed my life 
And from then on, the Lord started to work in my life to teach me and train me and prepare me. Also, through the laying hands of the elders of the church, they enrolled me in theological studies, and that's when I started to uh, become very familiar with the Bible. I devoured the Word of God, and that's how I began to see things that the Lord wanted me to see. What inspired you to write this book? Being in uh, in a church in Iran and also being exposed to the churches in England, it made me think whether this is 100% in line with the Word of God. And two things were revealed to me, revealed to me in England. The body of Christ, which is the corporate nature of God's work, and then the kingdom of God. So what happened, I saw most of Christianity is very much focused on individual salvation. And the church as the body of Christ being the ultimate purpose of God to reveal his universal presence is being ignored. So that's why I started to study. And the more I studied, the more I saw that among the majority, eventually there'll be a remnant who will be in tune with God's mind and be prepared corporately to be the vessel of uh, revealing God's nature, not only in this world, but universally. Uh, and bringing up the remnant, in your book, there are two principles that you focus on, the altar and the remnant. Could you share with us a little bit more about how you break up the two different principles? Okay. So from then on, as we go through the Bible, we see any approach to God was based on a sacrifice. Without the altar, there was no approach to God in the Old Testament. So from the very beginning, we see Cain and Abel bringing offerings. And from then on, we continue to see Noah landing and building an altar. And on and on and on, every person who wanted to approach God had to approach God on the principle of altar with a burnt offering. The question of sin was not there. Sin offerings were not there. Burnt offering, a total, complete uh, surrender to God's will. And we see that ultimately, its ultimate manifestation when Abraham offered Isaac on the altar. So from then on, after God sent his people into Egypt and brought them out, other sacrifices were instituted. But it has to be noticed that nowhere God's people could approach him, either in the tabernacle or in the temple, without offering sacrifices. All the way through until we come to the New Testament, which we see the sacrifice, the ultimate altar, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, and a ultimate complete surrender to the will of God. It says in your book you um, discussed that uh, the two of these work, the two of them work together, the altar and the remnant. How do they work together? Well, the altar and the remnant is it's only a remnant which seek God's full will and submit to it. The majority, as we saw in the wilderness faith, a remnant entered. And then every time that we come across the word of God after the captivity, a remnant returned to build the temple. And all the way through, we see that remnant there. And when we come to the New Testament, the same applies. When we come to the seven churches, we see there was a remnant. He was an ear, let him hear. He was an ear, let him hear. And finally, we come to the church of Philadelphia, which is faithful. He has kept the word of God. And God promised them a crown. And then we come to the Laodicean church, which is the last church, and we see the majority of faith, Christ outside. But always there has been a minority who have been in tune with God's mind 
and trying to approach God through the altar to do his complete will. As in the letter to Ephesians, Paul says, actually in the book of Acts chapter 20, he said, I have not shunned to preach to you the whole counsel of God. Then in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, he says, God works all things according to the counsel of his will. Now a believer has to stop and say, what is that will that God is going to accomplish? And that's where we come to the principle of the remnant and alter a minority who would seek God's will and allow him to do it. Actually, the prayer that the Lord taught us, our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. So it's important to discern what God's will is. And according to a study I made in the Bible, we saw a remnant fully committed and surrendered to that will. Well, your book, Breaking the Silence, it is a three-volume series, the first two volumes on the Old Testament and the third volume on the New Testament. Will this help um, our listeners, when they read it, discover their purpose and discern what God is telling them? Yes, absolutely. And um, how can they contribute to God's final plan and the purpose for the body of Christ? But actually, first of all, a change of mind regarding that a believer is saved by the grace of God. But then that believer has to grow to maturity to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's why in Hebrews chapter 6 we have, let's, uh, let's press on to perfection, not leaving again the principles of the faith, but then press on to perfection. Uh, not laying again the foundation from dead works, faith towards God, judgment, resurrection. These are all the elementary teachings. But then press on to perfection to be conformed to the image of his son. That takes us to the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. God said, let's make man in our image according to our likeness that they have dominion. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Uh, all things work for good to those who love God and are called according to the purpose uh, to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So the whole purpose of God is to bring us to a maturity, to conformity to the, to the image of Christ. That's how we will say, Lord, let your will be done in my life, no matter what it takes. Bring me into this conformity. Fred, what would before we end in prayer, what would you like our listeners to know more about uh, breaking the silence? Or is there any other benefits you'd like to offer? Uh, what I would be looking for, not I would be looking for, the Lord would be looking for. Mm-hmm. And I would pray that every reader who orders the book and reads it comes to a conclusion that God has a very specific plan and purpose. We have to be conformed to that message. So my prayer is everybody who reads that word will come ultimately to say, Lord, I surrender, your will be done. And from then on, I think it's the work of the Holy Spirit to bring them to conformity to the image of Christ that's God's final plan and purpose for his manifestation. And Fred, would you like to take us out in prayer? Absolutely. Let's join together in prayer. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that wonderful Savior, wonderful Lord, together with Atli, we pray that you open our minds, open our hearts, that we will all with all our being seek your will to be done in our lives. I pray with Natalie for every reader who orders this book and reads it, that you do a revolutionary work in their life, as you did in the life of many people who committed themselves to do your will. We're looking in these last days for that remnant to stand up and proclaim your whole counsel. Father, thank you for the work that the Lord Jesus completed on the cross. 
Thank you for his resurrection. Thank you for his glorification. And thank you for the Holy Spirit that today is leading us step by step into your full plan and purpose. We thank you. We commit our lives to you. We pray that your will be done in the life of every believer. In the wonderful and mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Fred, thank you again for joining us on today's Charisma Connection. And listeners, you can purchase your copy of Breaking the Silence at the Church on the Rock, period, CA forward slash Breaking the Silence. Again, the website is the Church on the Rock, period, CA forward slash Breaking the Silence. Yes. And, <laughs> is there anywhere else they can contact you on, on social media or anything? You can contact me on social media. Your church number is 416-498-7000. Thank you so much, Fred. Um, we appreciate you, and we appreciate having this interview with you. Uh, your book, I, I wanna, I'm going to read it. I want to look through it. This sounds really good and interesting, especially the two principles you bring out. And your story is amazing, what you were telling about the petroleum, the way you worked with the— the different countries and everything that you were working with, and then how you came into your faith. What a wonderful story you shared with us today. Samaritan Ministries is a healthcare sharing ministry with over a quarter of a million Christians that care for one another's needs. From broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants, all without the use of insurance. October marks Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. Samaritan aims to walk alongside members who find themselves on this road, recognizing that miscarriages and stillbirths can bring profound grief and a loss that can be overlooked, even by a caring community. April of Texas says this of her experience. I made a call to cancel the maternity need I had submitted, and the man who spoke with me handled the call with such dignity. He truly helped to make at least this one step as easy as possible. His prayer with me at the end of the call was a huge encouragement during our grieving, and yet another confirmation that we are in the right place with Samaritan Ministries. Grief can be a lonely place, and the Samaritan Ministries community wants to encourage those going through the loss of a baby, that you are surrounded by love, and that God truly sees you in this pain. If you would like to learn more about how you can be a part of this community of Christians helping each other with healthcare, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash charisma. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.